everybody? Let's get to Matthew 27, 57 through 60. We've been talking about giving. We've been talking about generosity over the last couple of weeks. That's Matthew 27, 57 through 60. We've talked about um, I, what I believe are best practices that, that my family uses as far as our tithe, our offerings, and our extravagant offerings. As far as alms giving, our our uh, our uh, our seed giving, our you know, when we've broken all that down week in and week out, today is going to be very different. I'm not even going to spend the time reviewing all of that. What we're talking about today is something very, very different, and it's something that was convicting to me because, and I'll be perfectly honest, I told my leaders this morning, and Jesse helped me remember how long I have been. Ever anybody ever been in like a funk? Like, you just know I can't get out of this, right? I've been that way for like three weeks. Word, amen. And I'll be honest, a lot of of my uh, frustration has been with the church. Not you guys, but like just in general, the church. And I was in prayer about it, and I realized that not only is the church, the body of Christ, but the church is also the bride of Christ, and we ought to be very careful about how we speak and get frustrated with the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. And God began to convict me and show me new things, and and, and I was really just belly aching and, 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 and just for no reason other than just to do it. And I began to ask myself, why do I feel this way? And I couldn't answer it. And I think it's a good thing when you're feeling a certain way and you really can't find a solid answer as to why you feel this way, that you can say, this doesn't have as much to do with me as it does with God. And I began to pray against those things. And then I came across some old notes. And this was not the direction that today was supposed to go. But I said, this is what needs to be said today. And God has a, I I, I promise you, a good word, if you will just allow this to soak in. Matthew 27, 57 through 60. And as evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Jesus took the body, I mean, Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. And then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Verse 61. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and watching. There's a couple of neat things I want to point out here, just side notes. Jesus has been crucified. He's died on the cross. He's already spoken that he is going to come back and you see this man Joseph who's rich he'd become a follower of Jesus and he went to Pilate and he asked for Jesus's body I was talking with Randy my good friend this morning and I said how interesting is it that Pilate had Jesus's body I doubt that the governor held the bodies of every person that had been crucified But it's as if they had Jesus' body under lock and key. Knew there was something significant. Even even in, in death, even in crucifixion, even in torture, even in what they had done, they knew that there was something different about Jesus. 
to the point that if anybody was even going to touch his body, they had to come to the governor and ask for it. So we, we see this man named, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going here. We'll get all of the details as we move. We see this man, an incredible man, an incredible person. And here's basically what we know about him. Because we don't really know. You can look at church history. You can, you can read a bunch of, of guesses about what happened to him after this moment. But we don't really know. But we know this man was named Joseph. And he lived in Arimathea, which is just outside of, of Jerusalem. And, and his name Joseph means to add or bring increase. And his act of generosity, his act of giving, and his act of heart is so big that it's recorded in every gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Everyone with a little bit different take, but the same story nonetheless. New details in every one, but the same story. He was wealthy and he was blessed. I'm guessing, just as I'm reading, like, okay, he was wealthy and he was blessed. He was probably like a business-type sort of person because when I look at Jesus' people, he didn't go to the local Bible college and say, come follow me. He went to people who were like out in life. And he said, come and follow me. So this man was wealthy and blessed. So, and he was a disciple of Jesus. So that tells me that if you're a disciple of Jesus, you can be wealthy and blessed. He was a member of a group of individuals known as the Sanhedrin. And it was kind of like the political and religious system of the day. Yet we know that he didn't really submit to everything that they believed. He had power, he had prestige, he had authority, and he had such extreme influence that he could even walk in and talk to Pilate. And he used all of these things for his purpose. That's what's crazy about this story. One man did it. One man who desired to be involved in what was happening with the body of Christ. Later, the Apostle Paul would call the church the body of Christ. Some translations in some of the Gospels say that Joseph of Arimathea begged Pilate. Some say that he worked up the courage to go and beg Pilate for the body of Christ. Beg means to crave. And in the midst of my pity party this week, I had to ask myself, when was the last time that I begged for the opportunity to be involved in what God was doing? So do you beg for the opportunity to get involved with the body of Christ, or do you just expect that the body of Christ ought to beg for you to do things that you already know you ought to be doing? Y'all ain't coming back next week. It's okay. And maybe like me this week, you're like, yeah, I'd just be happy that I showed up today. Yeah, I'd just be happy, God, that I'm even given my time. Joseph understood that everything he had was to impact the body of Christ. You can almost imagine him speaking to Pilate, and, and Pilate was a powerful guy. He, you're dead. Going in there and... and and, and approaching and saying, just, just, if you could, just give me the body. Give me the body. I know it's beat up. I know it's messed up. I know it's, in, it's, it's, it's on the verge of decay. I know it's bruised, but, but give me, please, sir. Let me be a part of what God is planning to do. 
I love the picture of Jesus' body in this moment. The word says that he was beaten beyond recognition. And this story tells me that it doesn't matter what it may look like, but given the right amount of time, given the Holy Spirit anointing, and giving grace and mercy, even the most beaten and broken things can be resurrected. Even the most lost things can be found. And if that's not our passion, then I don't know what we're doing. If that's not our heart as followers of Christ, I don't know what we're doing. If we can't understand that his gospel and his word is for everyone, every day, everywhere, then I don't know what we're doing. Because when I read this story, that's what I see. I see someone so incredibly passionate about the body of Christ that they just wanted to be close to it, even though it was in the worst condition it had ever been in. So once he gets the body of Christ, the, the word says that the first thing he did is, is his goal was to make it better, was to improve on its condition. And it says in verse 59 that Joseph took the body and he wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He added to the cleanliness, as we ought to do. And then he then moved the body from a place of death to a place that would forever represent life. You can visit this tomb today. For countless people around the world, that's what this place represents, is, is life. From a place of death to life, in verse 60 says, he placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. And I think as a church, that's what we're called to be. We're called to be a people that move things from places of death to places of life, from, from places of rot to places of resurrection. And the word says that he laid the body in his own new tomb. It wasn't just some janky hole in the wall that he knew was there. Okay? This cost him something. It was a work thing. And this was something that was meant for him. It says it was his. It was his tomb. But he recognized that the body of Christ needed it. And he begged to get to do this. He pleaded to get to do this. And I love this part. Verse 61. It says both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and watching. We have Mary Magdalene. We have the other Mary. Mary Magdalene is described in many parts of the Bible, but specifically in the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 2, as being a person who Jesus had cast out seven demons. She, she was a, a, a former prostitute. And I think in this story, she really represents the lost people. Because in her day, she was the lowest of the low of the low. And then you have this other Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Highly favored 
and chosen. And I think it's worded this way on purpose. We have this person and then the other person. Both comfortable with the body of Christ. The body of Christ is perfect. I think that's where we have gotten the most confused in this day in the church. The body of Christ was for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. And if you're broken, the church is for you. If you're addicted, the church is for you. If you're struggling, the church is for you. If you're lost, the church is for you. And we preach this gospel, and we let him do the work. There, 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 was, there was a time for about two weeks in our church that, that y'all, if I could tell you the gory details of, of the, the spiritual battle and the physical battle of who ought to be allowed to attend venture and who ought to be allowed to serve, it would, I mean, you would lose your hair. Right? I had hair before that. And we had to decide who we would be. We had to go to the gospel and say, who, 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 who are these people that, that stood with Jesus? And we came to the, to, the, to the reality that the gospel is for everyone. And so if you walk through the doors and you have alcohol on your breath, you're welcome here. If you walk through the doors doing what God knows what the night before, you're welcome here. Okay? If you didn't get to sleep, you're just rolling in. You're welcome here. One of my best friends found Jesus hung over at this house. I said, I'm confident he was probably still drunk. But he found Jesus in this house. If you've never wanted anything to do with God, church, or Christians, you're welcome. And we came to the realization And it became so real this week in prayer. But it's this, that you win nobody by your righteousness. But we can change this world by his. When was the last time you begged for the body of Christ? When was the last time you begged for the opportunity to get involved? And I'm not talking about venture church. I'm talking about church overall the mission of the church, to go out and change this world, to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you begged for the opportunity to get involved with what God was doing? But we see Joseph there, and he's just begging for the opportunity, having a realization that everything he has and everything he has been given to this point is for one purpose, and that is to get involved in Jesus' story. When I was growing up, I begged. I remember uh, the altar is important to me. And I'm excited that we're stepping into this new season. But I remember begging for the opportunity to get involved with his kingdom. And I remember over time how Jesus began to reveal his plan and his purpose for my life and my family. 
and it was way bigger than what I could ever ask or imagine. And then suddenly he said, but I'm going to bring the resource because if I'm going to call you to it, I'm going to call you through it, and we're going to come out on the other side victorious because I take you from glory to glory. You are the head and not the tail. And as we began to seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else was added. So we became more and more involved in the body of Christ. And the more we came involved in the body of Christ, the more we wanted. It didn't mean that we didn't have three-week times where we got frustrated. It didn't mean that we didn't have moments where we were totally forgetful of all the things that God had done. But what we found in those moments and in those times is that his grace was still there. And he reminded us time and time again that, hey, Kurt, hey, Jess, remember my gospel's for everyone. And that includes you right now. Where are my avenue leaders at? You serve an avenue. Shoot your hand up. Good deal. Six years ago, there was a, I had this vision and prayer that we were leading from the steps of a building because we couldn't house the students inside. It hasn't happened yet. But given the right amount of time, the right anointing, the right amount of grace and the right amount of mercy and the right amount of people and the right amount of prayer, we're going to see it. Most of my King Fu and my Venture Kids and my Venture Tots are, but if you, if you shoot your hand up real quick. If you volunteer in any of those areas, King Fu, Venture Kids, Tots, you put them down. About four years ago, and I know this because I, I write these things down, God told me, and, I, and I've said it many times, that I believe that the next pastor of venture will be brought out of our own next-gen ministries. That the person that's going to take venture to the levels that I could never take it might be in this room, might be in this building right now. And if you serve anywhere else, you've gotten involved in the body of Christ. Listen, it has been prophesied, it has been spoken. You may not even believe in that. That's okay. You don't believe in it yet. It has been prophesied, it has been spoken, it has been confirmed. I remember when we were like 25 people and I was standing in a room and someone prophesied as they were praying and said, you will be the largest attended church in your region. I didn't even know what region was. And I said, you ain't been to our church, you don't know. I said, we got like 22 and a half people. And our region is big. But if you serve and you get involved anywhere in the body of Christ, I have to ask you today, how, how, get ex you can't get excited about this question, then, then think on it for a minute. But how many people will know him because of how you served and how you gave and how you got involved? How many people? I have the worship team make their way back up. When I begged to get involved with his kingdom. When my family begged to get involved with his kingdom, he gave us a purpose and a plan. He gave us the resources, and gradually he shows us how. I would say it this way today, that in the midst of that, he gave us our why. And in that why, why are we doing what we're doing? Why, why has he blessed me in this way? Why has he shown up in my life this way? Why am I sitting at Venture this week in October? Why? And in that why, 
he began to show us a way. And in that why, we found our way. And I came to the realization as I was cleaning this up this morning that some of you here in this house don't even know your why. You see, Joseph in this story, he, he knew his why. He, he figured it out to use everything he had for the body of Christ. To use everything that he had been given up until that point for the body of Christ. And at some point, he had to make a decision because he wasn't always a disciple of Jesus. It is highly likely that everything that he had, he acquired before becoming a disciple of Jesus. And so he had a decision to make. Would he step into the role as a son? Would he step into that relationship not knowing everything that it would cost him? If you'll stand with me real quick. And I want you to, you're going to have to move a little bit, but I want you to join hands across this place real quick. Hold hands with the person next to you. Hold hands. Let no one be just standing alone. I don't want you to miss your why, and I know that you're standing there thinking, I don't even know, I don't know why. But I want you to pray for your neighbor. You don't know, you might not even know. I, mean, like, I don't even know their name. That's okay. Learn their name real quick or something. Or say, God, thank you for this stranger. And I want you to pray for your friend. I want you to pray for your brother. I want you to pray for your sister. I want you to pray. And I want you to lift them up. And also take this time because it's time for you to beg for the opportunity to get closer to him. I'm going to lift you up this morning. And as I pray, you pray. Let's go. Father, I thank you for every person here. God, I thank you for the connections that are make, taking place and being created right now. God, your word says that if we would seek your kingdom first, that all these things will be added to you. God, your word says that whenever we draw near, you draw near. God, your word says that our minds are renewed when we offer ourselves up as living sacrifices. And in that, we can learn your perfect will and we can learn your why. God, speak the why today. Speak the why today. Begin to reveal today what you have. God, our desire is to be more of you. Our desire is to be closer to you. God, and I pray that you would soften every heart and open every ear and open every eye and give us your eyes. God, that you would equip our hands to do your work works that you have prepared far in advance for us to do. God, and equip our feet to go and our arms to embrace and remind us every day that your word, your gospel, your body, your bride is for everyone. From the lowest to the most righteous for everyone. God, advance us today. Convict us today. Challenge us today. Give us a 
boldness and a desire and a hunger for more of you. A vision for more of you. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. We lift your name higher and higher and higher. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 show us that why. Show us that why. Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Guys, you can make your ways back to your seats. We're going to close in a time of worship today. The altars are open. Don't miss your why. For some of us, I think it's time that we beg for the opportunity to get closer to him. We beg for the opportunity to touch him. We beg for the opportunity to get involved. For some of us, we just, we just need to know our why. Why have you brought me to this point, God? Why, why am I here? I want to lift you up one more time, and the team's going to lead us. The altars are open. Father, I thank you for the people. Speak today. Eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive all of the good things that you have already prepared. Lead us to you.